0: The Rebbe starts off the Sicha by saying that we discussed many times that it's the style of Rashi in Alatoira to explain every single thing that would be difficult, according to Pshat to explain the Psukim. And if there's any question in the posok, that Rashi doesn't deal with, that Rashi doesn't answer, that itself is a proof, that the answer is a very, very obvious one to the extent that Rashi does not even need to explain it. Or that the answer can be understood based on what Rashi had said previously. So in this week's Parsha, the Torah tells us that Noyach knew after the Mabul that the water had become lighter, had subsided over the ground. And how did he know this? By sending the dove from the Teva. And the dove comes, out, comes back with an olive leaf that it had plucked, that it had torn off in its mouth now seemingly it's not understood because the previous psukim told us about the mabul how all of the well springs from the deep had opened up how the windows of heaven had opened up how the water was pouring down for 40 days and 40 nights how the water kept on surging and getting stronger for 150 days as a result of that how everything had perished from the birds to the beast, how Hashem had wiped out everything that was on the face of the earth. After such a marvel, surely it would seem like there wouldn't have been any trees, shrubs, grass left in its original state. If that's the case, where did the dove get this olive leaf from? And Rashi doesn't deal with this at all. Now in the Medrash, the Medrash brings two opinions about this. The first opinion is that it brought it from Eretz Yisroel, from a vine in Eretz Yisroel, or more specifically from the Haramishka, Mishcha, which is the Harazesim in Eretz Yisroel, because according to this opinion in the Medrash in Eretz Yisroel, the Mabul had not come down. Using a posik, a posik that says in Yecheskel, Eretz loy mitai harohi a land that was not purified, that it did not rain on it on the day of anger. A second opinion, says the Medrishta, to where did this leaf come from? The gates of Ganadin were opened for this dove and was able to bring the leaf from there. However, the Rebbe says, we cannot say that this is Rashi's opinion in Pshut Mikra, following any of these two opinions, because number one, then Rashi should have explained it and specified this. And number two, both of these Pirushim do not seem to fit at all with the Pshat, with a simple meaning and the simple reading of Arab Sukim. So, first of all, the Pirush to, to say that it came from Ganadan, even though that yes, even our Piderech Apshat would be understood that it didn't, the marble didn't come to Ganadan because the marble came as a tremendous amount of corruption that was going on and, on earth, all of the robbery and corruption that Hashem had destroyed the earth, and in Ganadan, definitely none of that applied. However, how could one suggest that the dove went into Gan Eden to bring an olive leaf from there when the Possek says clearly in Pashas Bereshus after the story of the Chetet sadas Hashem had set up these angels in front of Ganadin with a revolving and blade of a sword to protect, to guard Gan Eden, that no one should be able to enter. How could have the Yoina then gone in to Gan Eden? It would have been impossible. More importantly, Noyach was trying to find out whether the state of the water on the land was easier, was calmer, had subsided. How would have it helped bringing an olive leaf from Gan Eden, a place where the Mabel didn't even happen? For the very same reason, we also cannot learn like the second interpretation of the Medrash, that it was in Eretz Yisroel, that it came from Eretz Yisroel. Because how would have that proven to Noyach that the water had now become lighter on the face of the ground by bringing an olive leaf from Eretz Yisroel, a place where the marble wasn't, wasn't even to start with. And even though you might say that, according to this opinion, so even Alpiteva, even by nature, even a place like Eretz Yisroel that didn't have the marble, but water would have flowed down from other lands and other places around it. So surely some water entered Eretz Yisroel as well. But at the same time, it's also understood that at a place that there was no marble, and the place where all of these fountains from the deep didn't open up, so definitely the water wasn't as strong in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore the water wouldn't have penetrated so deeply into the ground, etc. So in such a place, surely the water would have been much lighter and sooner than in all the other places. So once again, an olive leaf coming from Eretz Yisroel, if that's where the dove would have gotten it from, wouldn't have helped Noyach knowing what's going on on the land all over, other than knowing what's going on in Eretz Yisroel. In addition to this, says the Rebbe, we actually must say that the Mabul did come down in Eretz Yisroel. And the Rebbe is going to explain why, but first prefacing a Medrash. The Medrash actually brings two explanations of the Pasukah that describes the water going over the top of the mountains, 15 Amois. What does it mean that the water was on top of the mountain for 15 Amois? So we have two opinions. Rabbi Yehuda says that when we say 15 Amois, it means that wherever you were on the face of earth, whether you're on the ground, whether you're on a valley, whether you're on a mountain, there was 15 Amois of water. Which means to say, this is not right here directly in the sikhah, but just to clarify, what that would mean is that if you're standing, for example, next to a pair of steps or next to an area of the land that's going higher or lower, etc., in each place, the water level would actually be different, which is very, very hard to imagine. If you think for example about snow perhaps, you could think that snow could be a little lower in one place and you walk a little bit further and here the snow is higher, but water will usually rise, it will fill up the lower places first and then rise to the top of the top place. So to say that 15 Amois is in every single place according to the ground level of that place, it's 15 Amois, from there is quite a surprising way of looking at it, but this is what Rabbi Huda says, there was fifteen amos wherever you were. Was wherever you were, the water level was fifteen amos high. Reb Nechem, however, says that the fifteen amos—no, fifteen amos—is on top of the top mountain. But obviously, in lower places, all depending on the height or depth of the place, there would have been much more water than fifteen amos. Now, Rashi, in his pirush on the Torah, explains fifteen amos lemaylo. He says. Higher than the height of all the mountains. That means after the water had first filled and was equal level to the top mountains. Then it went up another 15 Amois on top of that. Clearly like the opinion of Reb Nechemyah. That means in many places there was much more water. It's just 15 Amois on top of the top mountain. The reason for saying this says the Rebbe is a few points. Number one. If there's no necessity to say that Hashem made a miracle, then it's usually going to be the opposite of learning the simple words of the Pasek to say that there is a miracle and the Torah just didn't speak about it. In this case, according to Rabbi Yehuda, there was a tremendous miracle that the water is not just naturally falling down to its lowest position, which would have normally happened when you have it a little higher, it's going to flow down to the lowest place, but rather the water is standing up And for a very long time, completely the opposite of nature. Furthermore, it seems to be a miracle that wouldn't be necessary. Hashem doesn't usually do miracles that have no that don't seem to have any apparent point. Number two, says the Rebbe, the simple wording of the Pasik, Hamesh Esrei Amon Mil Maila, 15 Amis from above, sounds like above the top of the mountains. A further point that Rebbe says, let's examine what's actually going on over here. What's the reason why the Teva rested on the top of, mount, of the mountains of Ararat, specifically? Seemingly, it would have actually been a big bother for Noyach to have to come down from the mountain. According to Rav Nehemiah's opinion, which again, Rav Nehemiah is of the opinion that the water was on top of, it filled up the, everything all the way till the mountains was filled with water, and then it continued to go fifty namas higher than the top mountain, So we would understand why it rested on Mount Ararat. Because as the water starts subsiding, as the water starts getting less and less, so clearly the place where it's going to become closest available is going to be on the top of the top mountains. Because that's where there's the least water. So now, as the Teva starts coming down, as the water starts going down, this is going to be the first place where the Teva could actually rest. As opposed to lower places where there's plenty more water much more than the 15 Amways, so it's going to take a longer time for the Teva to come down. We can understand why the Teva is going to rest on the top of, of the mountains of Ararat. But if in every single place on earth there was exactly 15 Amway's high of water, and the water has now started subsiding as the Torah describes it, going down by 60 days... So why is the Teva specifically coming down at the top of the top mountains? It could have come down for the at the same rate it could have come down anywhere and reached the bottom at any place. So why does it need to come down at the top of Mount Ararat? And that's why Rashi learns like Rab Nechemia that no, the water was much more in many places than 15 Amos. So now following this logic let's see what happens in Eretz Yisrael. If in Eretz Yisrael there's no marble at all even if water had gotten into Eretz Yisrael from the surrounding countries, but surely there would have been even less water there, and the water would have been much lighter and easier to access ground level, much sooner than all the surrounding countries. So then the question would become, so why didn't the Teva just settle in Eretz Yisrael rather than on the top of the top mountains? Eretz Yisrael would have been even a better option, for the Teva to settle on dry land. And therefore we must say that even in Eretz Yisrael, the mabul did come down. So the Rebbe says, we're going to understand all of this by first trying to understand some other things that seem not so understood in the simple meaning of our Pasek. Number one, the posok says that as a result of the dove bringing the olive leaf Noyach knows that the water had now become much lighter on the ground. Which clearly means that Noyach knows not that the water was subsiding, because that he knew already much before this. And surely Noyach knew about this because the Teva had actually settled on the mountain already. But as the Pasek says clearly, and as the Pasek says, sorry, as the Pasek says clearly, that the water had become dried already to a certain degree even before he sent out the dove. So that's not what Noyach is trying to find out. Rather, what he's finding out is that the water had become so light. There's so little water left that there's. It's already possible that in a that in very short in a short while he'll be able to completely come to rest on dry land, etc. And that's why he's sending out the dove to see what's going on. The question, however, is. Why would it then be approved by the dove bringing a leaf from the olive tree when it's possible that this leaf came from a tree that's on top of a high mountain, especially that the teva itself is on a a high mountain. And from the top of the tree at this height, there wasn't even so much water for quite some time now. Before this time, the Noyach knows that the water is starting to subside already. So how exactly is it going to be a proof that because he, the, the dove was able to find a leaf somewhere up high, how is that going to help us to know what's going on under the land down below? Again, what's going on higher above Noyach knows already that the water started coming down. So what exactly is going to be the proof from this olive leaf? Number two, why... Was it specifically an olive leaf and not another tree? Especially that we find that the Pasek seems to be emphasizing this idea. It doesn't tell us just that it brought a leaf. It tells us that it was from an olive tree. Why is that relevant? So the Rebbe explains. In a number of places we find that the Chazal tell us that the Zayis, the olive tree, is a very, very strong tree. And piderach Hapshat, according to simple understanding, this would also be the case, Because when we're speaking about something that's a factual thing, we won't there won't be a difference between halacha, what the Chazal tell us, and the simple matter of how things are. And in fact, when this Talmud, this Ben Chamish Lemikro, will see a olive tree, he'll immediately see that we're speaking and dealing with a very very strong tree. Says the Rebbe. Therefore, it makes sense al derech that even though there was a very very strong mabul, nevertheless, at least some of the olive trees could have survived. On the other hand, it also wouldn't make sense at all to say that the leaves on those trees, even though, yes, it's strong trees, but we wouldn't say that these leaves would have remained completely intact after the whole duration of the Mabal, and after all of the strong waters of the Mabal, and after the fact that these leaves were covered and soaking in water for a long time, for many months straight, surely these leaves wouldn't have survived. And therefore, when the dove comes along with a brand new olive leaf, because it had to be a brand new olive leaf, as just explained, that would have grown now after the Mabel, after enough time had passed, that it wasn't being submerged in water anymore. So now there's a new olive leaf growing. So we can now understand, Neuch can understand that the water must have become lighter enough already for this olive tree to be able to produce such a beautiful leaf. Says that Rebbe, now we can understand why the possek specifies it was an alezayas, it was an olive leaf, because that will help us understand how and from where the yoyna got this olive, this leaf. Because since this tree is such a strong tree, that's why the tree was able to remain, and very soon start being able to sprout these leaves. This will also help us answer something that one might, might ask, how would Noyach know through this olive leaf that the water had become much lighter? Can't you just say that maybe the dove found this leaf somewhere in the water? But again, based on what we just said, that it was a leaf that grew after the Mabul, clearly it could be very, very easily recognized between a leaf that's been hanging out and soaking for a long time in the water of the Mabul for close to a year to a leaf that's clearly a fresh leaf that has just grown," says the Rebbe. To make all of this even more gishmak even more understandable, that even a ben chamish le mikra, he'll understand when you when he sees this olive leaf. You can understand it's coming from a strong tree. So we know that Rashi in his pirushal atoyda will explain clearly everything. So seemingly, why doesn't Rashi tell us over here that the olive tree is a very very strong tree? Says the Rebbe, that according to Rashi, really this doesn't need to be explained. It's almost explicit in the Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, Rashi explains, what does the word torof mean? Torof means, it had torn it off the tree, it had plucked it off the tree. So Rashi doesn't explain torof in other ways, which there are other ways to explain it. But according to Rashi, this would be the one that's most closest connected to Pshut HaShomikra. In other words, the Torah is emphasizing that it had to pull it off the tree. Why couldn't the Torah just say, and it had an olive leaf in its mouth? The Rebbe says that what it means is the following. Number one, is that the leaf is being taken from the place where it grew. Not that it was just floating on the water. It was clearly plucked off the tree. And number two, The taking of this leaf off the tree is called chatof, meaning it has to pull it off. Meaning to say you have to strongly pull it off because it's a strong tree. And therefore you need koyach, you need extra strength to pull the leaf off the tree. Says the Rebbe, based on this, another thing will become very, very beautiful and sweet and understood. On the posseg vayoshoy ko the water... Well, we'll see right now: what the word vayashoiku amoyim means. Rashi explains it's like the word keshoich Rashi says. Then he goes on to say loshen. It's an expression of hanochas chemo. So this is a pasuk that is Megillas Esther when the king's anger had calmed down. So Rashi says this word vayashoiku amoyim is in a similar way. What's Rashi trying to say? So the Mepharshim say that Rashi's basis for this and what Rashi is saying is based on a gemara. The gemara says that the mabul was in boiling hot water because their averos came of them dealing with a forbidden substance of some, so to speak, boiling hot substance in their things of immorality that they did. So they were also judged in boiling hot water. And the Gemara says, because it says over here, In the Megillah it says, So just like over there, it means the king's anger cooled down. So so too over here, the water had finally cooled down, which implies that it was boiling hot water. So some of the Mepharshim say that's what Rashi means. However, if that's what Rashi actually means, there's a number of questions. First of all, the Gemara says clearly the water was boiling hot water. Rashi doesn't say that. According to this, this would have been the main point. Rashi should have said that it was boiling hot water. And usually we would say that if the Gemara needs to specify this idea, then Rashi surely should be more clear about it. And Rashi doesn't say anything about boiling hot water. Number two, why does Rashi add these words, chemo. What does it mean by saying Hanochascheymo? And therefore the Rebbe learns that what Rashi is saying is not that the water was boiling and Vayashayku means it cooled down. Rashi is saying, Hanoch means, in other words, like over there, that the anger had subsided. Not that it cooled down. It had subsided. The same thing over here is, like over there, the, the anger subsided, so too over here, as opposed to Vayig the water getting stronger and stronger. Now the water is getting less and less. And therefore, according to Rashi, the water was in fact not boiling. What's the reason for this? Well, number one, there's no necessity in Pshutis Shol Mikra to add another miracle to say that it was boiling water. And number two, according to Pshutis Shol Mikra, how would have the teva survived in boiling hot water? The Nebis concludes the sicha by saying, "Yainer Shol from the Chassidus that we have in all of this is it's explained in Torah in regards to the reason why the Mabel is called in the Novi Mei Noyach, the water of Noach, even though seemingly Noach represents being saved from the Mabel, the opposite of the Mabel." So the al Rebbe explains in Torah, because the water of the Mabul is really to purify the Tameim, the impure, similar to the way a Mikvah that has 40 sa'ah brings tahara. so too the Mabul came to purify the world, and that's why it's called Meinoiach, Meinoiach, Noiach is the word of Nachas Ruach, it came to bring a strong pleasure, a purification to the world, delight into the world. And this was also the idea of Noyach, of re-establishing the world anew, in a way that it's going to be pure and beautiful and, and good now, similar to what the idea of the Mabal is all about, to purify the world. Says the Rebbe, based on the cloud that every single Yerida is Tsoi Rechaliyah, every descent is only to get even higher and greater, so we could understand that not only did the world go back to its original state, so it was impure and now it's pure, but obviously it gained an extra level of Torah as a result of the mabul. And this too we find by the Mikvah, that sometimes it's not only about going from tummy to Torah, but rather there's a concept of going to the Mikvah to have extra Kedusha. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we can now understand an additional idea why a Pipshutish on Mikro we would say that the mabul did come down into Eretz Yisrael. Because as a result of the Mabul, we're now going to have extra Kedushan, extra Tara in Eretz Yisrael, even compared to the previous great levels that it was at originally.